All right, I think I'm live on YouTube, on Twitter, on Rumble, maybe. I'm still looking at my phone on Rumble to see, and on Rockfin when the red button comes up. So we'll wait for that before we dive in completely. It looks like, there we go, I am live on Rockfin as well, across all platforms. I am doing another experiment today, trying to ease the stress on my computer so that things don't glitch out. Although I don't have wonderfully high hopes because as I was sharing the show on Twitter just like 90 seconds ago, my screen's glitched out already. So hopefully that that's the one time that it happens. Maybe it's just got to happen one time and I got it out of the way. Because it happened one time last time, like in the middle of the show. This time it's like, you know what, we're going to do you solid. We're going to go ahead and glitch out before you even start. That way it, it's done. And that's what I hope the case is. This time I am trying to use a little OBS to share things. I, I, OBS uses a lot of resources on your computer, so I don't, I, like I said, I'm not sure that it's going to be any better. But you know what, you got to experiment a little bit to find out. And... Responding to comments, I'm going to try and do my best if there's anybody listening at this hour to respond. I'm going to be looking at my phone as well, so I might not see it like I used to because I don't want to have a bunch of uh, tabs. So let's start the show. The, the image, I'm going to let you guys see the image on my screen before we dive in. This is what it put in when I put into MidJourney AI. I said, imagine peak Democrat gaslighting, and this is what it, what it did. Uh, apparently, Nancy Pelosi and what's her name? Uh, uh, her name, Elizabeth Warren, is what Midjourney AI thinks about when it thinks about peak Democrat gaslighting, which is interesting. It's a little racist because I was actually thinking about a black Democrat that I'm going to be talking about later on in the show that it didn't even conceive of. Let's begin. Trump previews 2024 strategy with civil trial experiment. Surviving on just $7 billion for Ukraine and peak Democrat gaslighting. All right, so Trump's civil trial was all over the news yesterday. And he's being charged with like inflating the worth of his businesses on financial forms or something like that. And the AG who brought the charges up there in New York, she ran on a, I'll get Trump if you vote for me. I'll make sure and get him. Just give me your vote. So it's kind of like, that's a big deal. But the media is like, that's not really a big deal. She just ran on, vote for me and I'll get Trump. That's her primary campaign platform is getting Trump. But, you know, never mind that. And the mainstream talking point yesterday is something that I pointed out after the first or second indictment. It was a while ago because I thought it was obvious. Which is that if they're going to require Trump to be in court, for all of these various trials, especially during the general election race in 2024, then Trump is going to make those trials his campaign. The trials would become the campaign. I said this multiple times months ago, and how that was going to be done wasn't as clear because uh, some of the judges might say that cameras can't be allowed in the courtrooms which is what happened yesterday. I think it was last minute. They said no cameras in the courtroom, but Trump gave us a glimpse of what to expect in 2024 during, or not during, before the case yesterday. And uh, uh, he'll be making campaign statements basically either before these court appearances or after these court appearances. He's going to be making a big deal 
of things that he has to say. Basically, we're going to see this all throughout 2024. And I'm going to play you a clip, just a brief clip of what he was saying. I'll let it play a little bit because, you know, I want you to notice how Trump continues to better than anyone else, make sure to always have hot chicks behind him on camera. Like, nobody does that better than Trump. Biden has empty spaces on camera, can't even fill the, the, the camera frame when he's doing a fake picket line, wherever he's doing that fake picket line. Trump's always got hot chicks, and it might take me a second to get this up. Let me get this link. Here we go. I mean, this is a super hottie. Nope. Hold on. It's always, uh, I got to make sure that's, so I hear it. I got to make sure you guys also hear it when I get it up. Hold on one second here. Man, I wish this were just a little bit easier, but the more I do it, the more it will become seamless to me to do it by myself. Here we go. Can you guys see that? No, you can't. You cannot see that yet, but you should be able to see it now. All right, here we go. Have to be a lawyer to see the danger to anyone doing business in the Empire State. Anybody that does business in New York State is crazy. When you look how hot that chick is behind him. I'm sorry. That chick is smoking and she's totally like, yes, you're right, man. <laughs> you have a radical left attorney general like Letitia James, who's a disgrace to our country who got elected on the fact that she's going to take down President Trump. We're going to take him down. She knew nothing about me. But she got elected on that basis. And we have others likewise. Take a look at what's going on in Georgia. Take a look at Jack Smith. Take a look at these people. This is called election interference and worse than that, really much worse than that. And you don't get much worse than election interference, especially we're talking presidential election of 2024. So this judge should change his ruling because Palm Beach County said he was totally wrong and he was ruling based on them. He ruled we didn't even have a chance to testify. I got a call last week, sir, we lost part of the case. I said, the trial didn't even start. You know, the trial starts, I guess, today. He ruled that we lost a big part of the case because he's a Democrat club politician. He's a Democrat operative, and he's a disgrace to people that call themselves judges. And I hope my lawyers go in, and I hope they fight him very hard, because this guy's getting away with murder. And his clerk should not be allowed to be in his ear on every single question. You take a look at what's happening with her. She hates Trump more than he does. So that's where it is. We have 80% of this trial has been won. In June, they came down, the end of June, with a decision, a very powerful decision. And it said, on statute of limitations and just about everything else, would you say approximately 80% of the trial? Yes, sir. Attorneys, is that right? Yes, sir. Approximately 80% of the trials won. He refuses to acknowledge his own appellate division. And I think it's a disgrace to our country. And somebody has to fight, because if you don't fight, our country is just going to go down the tubes. This is election interference. This guy's a highly partisan person. And we can't let this stuff happen. Can't let this stuff happen. I let that go on a bit just because, uh, I got to be honest with you, I, I can't stop looking at how smoking hot that chick is behind them. Didn't hear a word he said, actually. I, I listened to it before, so I heard 
but Trump is so good at that. Wow. It's just such the easiest marketing tack of ever. Uh, you, you, sur you surround yourself with good looking women. Trump, they just all also happen to be lawyers there. But what, what's going on here? Like the coverage uh, uh, of this case right now is, is pointing out that Trump didn't have to be there yesterday or today because I'm sure he's probably going to be there today, I think, as though it's some form of intimidation for Trump to show up to his own trial. And they also talk about how it just shows how he's exploiting the, the trial uh, as a campaign tactic and to raise money as though every other politician in D.C. wouldn't do that regardless of what side of the aisle that they're on. What this is, uh, I believe, is this is a lower stakes trial than the criminal cases. Uh, this does affect his businesses in New York, but it's a civil trial. There's no prison time potentially attached to the outcome of a civil trial. And I, I believe that Trump is workshopping how they're going to handle the criminal charges. We're seeing a trial run of what we're going to see in 2024 when these cases happen because they scheduled all these cases around important dates throughout 2024. And we will see an improved version of this a couple months down the road. Maybe we'll see an improved version of it today. Uh, I don't know. This is going to revolutionize, though. So this isn't just about how Trump is going to use this strategy. This will revolutionize big criminal trials in this country. It's especially with the way if you have money and you have fame already, but you don't even have to have that. It just has to be a case that the media gives a lot of attention to because this experiment that Trump is doing here, will the lessons learned from it will be applied to any criminal trial that the person who is on trial is savvy enough to go out and get media attention to. This is the new way of the world. Yes, we had media attention back with, with O.J. Simpson and whatnot, but right now because of social media, because everybody can find a niche somewhere that can expand. We've seen the Instagram cases where, where there's the, the crowd-funded almost or the crowd-sourced uh, finding of victims and whatnot. This will be how any and everyone, whether they're innocent or not, try and leverage the media to present their case outside of the justice system, presenting a case that the justice system is corrupt. And the justice system absolutely appears to be corrupt right now. There's no doubt about that. And so here is the media, when they're put in the position of this right here, so it's like, do we give attention to this news story because it's going to give this person that, that we want to be guilty attention that they won't get at court if the judge decides that there will not be a camera in the courtroom? And this is where uh, a lot of this stems from. And the, here's CNN talking about what needs to be done. I should take a step back, actually. So... This is going to come down to, is there a camera in the courtroom or not? And they decided before this one there would not be a camera in the courtroom, right? And we're going to have all these trials, and the discussion has been, will there be a camera in the courtroom? And I, I believe that Trump will put on a show in the courtroom if there is a camera. So let's keep the cameras out of the courtroom. This is what he'll do if there's no cameras in the courtroom. And now what do you do? If they ban the cameras from the courtroom and Trump still does something like this, the media expresses their concern about this right here. This is CNN 
Let me get this up on screen. Talking about what to do if Trump keeps running his mouth, even when they don't let a camera, they don't let cameras in the courtroom. How dare he continue to speak when he's not supposed to be talking? Here is some douchebag from CNN. Let me get this up on screen. There we go. Yeah, I think you can see that, right? Nope, not yet. Hold on one second. Uh, there we go. It's not glitching yet, so that's that's a positive sign. All right. This is Eli Honig, I guess, senior legal analyst, better than uh, what's his name? He used to whack off on camera. Tubin. <laughs> Here is Eli. Of saying some of the things that I won't repeat about this AG, about other right. prosecutors, about the judge, that becomes dangerous. And the question is, will either the prosecutors in any of these cases or the judges in any of these cases? do anything about it. We see that starting to happen now in one of the criminal cases, the federal case in D.C. The judge is considering a gag order as we speak. And by the way, these statements that we're hearing today probably aren't going to help Donald Trump in arguing right. against that. Right. Okay, so the judges are considering a gag order. And obviously gag orders are a thing. I think Roger Stone had a gag order that he they say he violated. I don't know what the outcome of that was. I can't remember. But if there's a judicial gag order then they can fine the defendant. They can revoke the bail of the defendant and put that person in jail until their trial date. So, so that's a possibility if there is a gag order that is put in place. But So here's the problem. See, these gag orders could also be the subject of a, a scrutiny that could be appealed if, the, if they broaden the application of the gag order just because they don't like the person, all right? Because they already cannot apply a gag order to the media. So if a, a defendant is, if a, a gag order is put on the defendant and his lawyer, they can just leak what they want people to know about to the media and the media can report on it. And so, so they can get that information out in that manner. But they don't want Trump coming out and delivering that information. However, if it seems like they're, silencing him to a broader extreme than they have in the past, then that is just going to justify, especially when Trump's claims are that this is a corrupt justice system that is trying to take away people's First Amendment rights, right? So if they then take away what appears to be the defendant's First Amendment rights, that's just going to validate all of the claims. And then if they put him in jail and take away his bail, then people are going to be like, yes, and that is going to win more people to Trump. Because people, even if they don't like Trump, I know, and you guys probably know, a lot of people who don't like Trump, never like Trump, who will vote for him simply because it's so obvious the blatant abuse of the justice system and the abuse of power that, that's going on here. Like, hold on one second. My screen's glitching here for a second. and make sure you guys can still see me right. I think you can still see me. Let me double check. As I said, I am experimenting with technology again today, so I do apologize for the experimentations. Thank you guys for putting up with that, as you did the other day. I very much appreciate that. Uh, I'm doing this. I, I figured that I have to just start playing with doing live streams that it, experiment with different types of technology that makes it easier and do it live otherwise i won't do it if i don't do it live i won't do it and i won't figure out the best way that works so thank you for putting up with all of that so where was i okay yeah yes i'm back now thank you right so like 
if they put a gag order on Trump, so we, we had these two circumstances, no cameras and then a gag order, it, it, it's going to look like they're silencing, silencing him. It, it's just there's no way it doesn't look like they're not silencing him if they don't do the gag order or if they do the gag order as well as not put the cameras in into the courtroom, which was interesting because the way that these CNN anchors after this little discussion here, they were all like, well, Trump is out there talking all this stuff about that prosecutor who is a get Trump. They didn't say get Trump prosecutor. They talked about how we called her a racist. I don't know if she's a racist, but the get Trump stuff is true. And they're like, well, she doesn't have a chance or the prosecution doesn't have a chance to defend themselves because there's no cameras in the courtroom. So they also want cameras in the courtroom. Everybody is in agreement because Trump also wants cameras in the courtroom. Maybe he's pres- you know, doing this to put a little bit of pressure on them to make sure cameras are put in all of the courtroom. I, I don't know, but we are up for the most you know, show trial since O.J. Simpson. And the O.J. Simpson trial was people died. I, I get that. And it was crazy because he was a movie star, naked gun. He was a football star. And everybody was interested in it. But, you know, I haven't actually gone back to look at why. Because there's been celebrities who have been the subject of criminal charges and cases before that didn't get blown up that much. I, I don't know if he was just such a beloved figure. I was very young at the time. Uh, but w- it would be such a spectacle that, that it made that look like nothing. And I think that's what we're in store for in 2024. I think this is a grand experiment to draw the audience to the Trump cases. And if the media is savvy, and they are savvy, then there will absolutely be cameras, or the the judges combined with the media. There will be cameras in those courtrooms because, as Trump always says, they don't get ratings without Trump. And so they're going to put cameras in the courtrooms because it gets the ratings, and it gets the money, it gets the engagement, it gets the freaking extraction. Totally. Like I, it'd be such a programming missed opportunity if they did not put cameras in those courtrooms. And I know people might say, well, it's not up to them. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. They're not working together on all of this stuff. So CNN, this is CNN, what I'm talking about, pointing out the obvious uh, about Trump doing this as a, as a campaign strategy. It's a total campaign strategy. Hold on. Let me get up on screen here. Is that still up there on screen? Sorry. I'm fumbling a bit with my, my, I'm trying to get like a keyboard, you know, you learn how to play the piano and at first you fumble with the piano and then the, the more you use it, the better you get when you're doing it by yourself. Uh, Adam Curry of No Agenda is the best at presenting and doing a show while also doing all of the audio. I mean, he's brilliant at it, honestly. Uh, I could never, if I could be half as, or like a quarter uh, as good as he has at doing that, then I would be happy. Because most people aren't. It's just a very difficult thing to do. So I'll stop making excuses and I will share the screen here with CNN stating the obvious. Here we go. Is it up there? No, not yet. It is now. All right. You see it, but the stagecraft of this is notable in and of itself, which was Donald Trump stood there for a period of time. This was not a passing commentary that he was making on the way in to face a judge. He stood there and waited for the cameras, I would assume, to adjust, to prepare, and make sure everyone's mics were ready before he began speaking. Um, to What's he going to do? He's going to speak into a, a muted microphone. They, they, they present these things as though it's like, holy cow, Trump waited till the microphone was working to speak. What a Nazi. 
like a long for a long period of time really before mm. he made his commentary this speaks to just what you said this is part of his campaign this is his campaign now that's exactly what i said two months ago because yeah. it's obvious i talked to a number of sources for the last several months as to what exactly it would look like when he is in the middle of all of these trials and trying to run a presidential campaign and it was really unclear how they were going to plan for it. Originally, they had said that they thought legal maneuvering would help delay the election at the trial till after the election, but it became- Okay, she, she's stating the obvious. This is all the obvious. It's just it's just interesting to me how long they waited to roll, roll this out because it's not like they didn't know this. And she didn't have to talk to a bunch of people in this campaign to know that they were gonna do this. If you're going to kneecap somebody to where they have to deal with court stuff the entire time, then of course they're gonna make the court stuff how they campaign. It's what they always do. That What's her name? Caitlin Collins, the uh, porcelain doll who has, was it Sources? Is that, is that what her show is called on CNN? Should be, no, it, it should be Anonymous Sources should be the name of her show. But she, she was asking somebody, is it, is it uh, appropriate for Trump to campaign fundraise off of these court cases. And the person's like, of course not. Nobody would ever do that. Bullshit. Everybody would do that. It's just so dumb. And I, I'm not like saying defending Trump or, or saying I love Trump. I'm just saying that's the most obvious thing on the planet. And they try and make people believe that the most obvious thing is just outrageous and crazy. And that's what they've been doing for a number of years now, six or seven years, where it's like, let's take the thing that a normal human being would recognize as obvious and let's make it seem like it's the craziest insane insane thing in the world meanwhile we will make the craziest shit seem fucking normal to a, a segment of the population you know like a six foot eleven swimmer dominating in collegiate swimming and, and many other things as well moving on to the next story let me get this off screen here diane feinstein died last friday she was 90 years old I made some Diane Feinstein jokes in the show that I published on Friday morning before I saw that. In fact, I published that show and literally right after I published it, I looked at my phone and I saw that Diane Feinstein had died. And I was like, well, that's really unfortunate timing right there. Didn't mean anything bad, but anytime somebody dies, even if I don't like them, there's people who care about that person and everybody who cares about that person, it's not a bad person. So, I feel for those people who feel pain when they lose somebody, and uh, I, 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 I wish them well. I'm being 100%, like I'm being serious. It sucks when you lose somebody. I'm a softie when it comes to that. I, I will admit that. Not everybody is, but I am. And there's a couple of quick things about Diane Feinstein, though. It is up until the moment she died, she still held, held power in the Senate. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like she, she didn't overdose on heroin. She didn't get on uh, uh, or into an accident on an electric scooter and die. She, she died of old age. Her death was not unexpected. People around her were probably pretty aware that the end was near for a little while now. And yet up until that moment, she still held power in the Senate. This is how much of a joke that Congress has become. Dianne Feinstein had not been in control of her Senate seat in the decisions she made on behalf of her constituents for a long, long time. We all know that. The people who have been committing elder abuse against her have been. And there's no doubt that elder abuse 
has been committed against her. Her daughter claimed that elder abuse was being committed against her by the people who were in charge of her husband's trust a couple of months before she died. She didn't extend it to people who were handling her in the Senate, but I think that this is a perfect time for an investigation by anybody who's got balls in the Senate to to say, why don't we investigate Dianne Feinstein's handlers because clearly she wasn't in control and see if there's any evidence there where we can freaking get them uh, uh, indicted for elder abuse because she's not the only one. Okay, Joe Biden, I'm no Joe Biden fan. He is a victim of elder, elder abuse. Fetterman was, maybe still is, a victim of elder abuse. Is Now, he's not old enough to fall under the, to classify under the law, but because of uh, his stroke, he would still classify as being a victim of elder, uh, elder abuse. Who else? Mitch McConnell, he's being abused. The, these people are abusing these senators because they're so easy to control. Maybe they signed like a waiver, control me, abuse me when I'm an elder, and just put through all of your things, uh, but just promise me you'll give me the, the rejuvenation blood from the children that you suck from them as long as I'm still, maybe there's some deal they made, but this is elder abuse, and maybe if we actually investigated and prosecuted elder abuse, we can start locking these handlers up and at least remove a few people who are puppets from the halls of power. I don't see that happening, but while the passing of Feinstein, it's sad. For, for many people, it is sad. There is a silver lining, and that silver lining is that Governor Newsom, he had the honor and the privilege of appointing the first black lesbian to the Senate. Did everybody hear about, should we stop and give a moment of silence, a round of applause to the first black lesbian in the Senate? I don't know about you, but like there'd been a hole in my life. Something had been missing for a while. And I didn't realize it until I saw the story that what had been missing from my life is I had never experienced a, a, a black lesbian senator before. But I, I'm fulfilled now because what a fantastic accomplishment for this person to be appointed to the Senate by a wealthy, white, rich dude so that he can use it as an appeal during a presidential campaign. Great, do- great job being a polit- political pawn. Her name is Lafonia Butler. That is L-A-P-H-O-N-A. Lafonia Butler. Look, who names her kid Lafonia? It's just a... You're putting that person in, in a difficult position. Lafonia? Uh, Lafonia later. It's just a weird kind of name there. Uh, that, that's, that's the woman, the, the senator, Miss Lafonia. And this is what it says. She will make history as the first black lesbian to openly serve in Congress. Openly serve. I mean, that kind of implies the way the article writes it, that we've had many, many black females in Congress who've been closet lesbians, which definitely means we need to have a congressional hearing bringing in all of the former congresswomen who are still alive, and we need to drill them on whether or not they're closeted lesbians. Because this is an important factor on whether or not you can be a good senator or not. We need to know. Bring them all in, every single one of them, Kamala Harris included. So Butler's claim to fame is that she was an advisor and strategist to to, uh, Kamala Harris's VP campaign in 2020. What exactly did, did she advise Kamala to do 
in 2020. There was no campaigning in 2020. Biden never left the basement. Kamala drank red wine. What strategy did she advise? I'd like specifics. The people of California deserve specifics. What a cush job that must have been. Like, has there ever been an easier job in the history of the world than being Biden or Kamala's 2020 campaign advisor? Like, I don't think that you're probably making six figures there. All you had to do was know how to work Zoom and, and pop a cork out of a bottle of Merlot for Kamala. Okay, so how long have we been going? I've been running my mouth for a little bit. I'm not going to go. I, I did like two and a half hours the other day when I was doing this. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to do that again. But what I am going to do is I'm going to give you just a little bit of a tease of what I'm going to talk about in the uh, DMBXR, the subscriber-only portion of the show, which I, I'm going to talk about JFK's missing brain and Colin Kaepernick's plea to the New York Jets, because I have some thoughts about it. And it'll be fun, silly. If you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. You can also find me on youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble.com slash the prop report, at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter. And I think that's all of my, my pitches. I, I'm not a good mar I'm not a good self-marketer. I think most of you guys who, who watch the show regularly uh, realize that. So let's move on to the last i just love this story man well i love it and i hate it because we do this every year it's the government shutdown every year oh, the government might shut down oh my gosh the government could shut down we all should be what do we do every year the looming government shutdown is a story that the media focuses on 2018 to 2019 is the only time it actually shut down in recent memory like it shut down at the end of december through January. Like, it shut down during the period of time when everybody's on holiday. So if the government's going to shut down from Christmas Day till New Year's, we better do something. It's just total bullshit. But they try and make us care about it immensely as though they're going to continue to kneecap their own power. That's the thing about government shutdowns. They might, like, do this charade, charade, where they're going to shut it down, but that means taking their own power away. They're not going to take their own power away for that long, right? They're just not going to do it. So anyway, that was the story yesterday and the day before. And we narrowly avoided a shutdown. Thank goodness we narrowly avoided it this Saturday, but not without cost. We avoided the government shutdown because, because we agreed bipartisan to a stopgap bill that did not include aid for Ukraine. It, it, Michael, I see your comment there. Is, it, uh, is something going on with YouTube? We, are you going to rumble because you like, is YouTube, did it censor me? Or are you just going to rumble just to support rumble? You didn't know I had to rumble. I'm just curious. Because uh, sometimes I get censored on YouTube and I don't realize it. That's why I ask. Let me, so I'll get back to it. Sorry again. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to stream content here. And Ukraine's not getting its aid. We had a stopgap, and it's not getting any aid for the next month unless something changes. In Ukraine, this is what this means. So just let me lay this out for everybody. This government stopgap bill for the next month or so means that Unless something changes, Ukraine is going to have to survive off of what we currently have in reserves for them, which is a measly $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What an insult 
this is to Ukraine and humanity. And also, by the way, the $5.5 million that we found due to, a to, to, mis to accounting problems that we have with the Department of Defense. Oops, we, we made a mistake on the accounting. We had the extra 5.5, but it doesn't matter. I wouldn't leave the $7 billion a wad of cash in a homeless man's cup because I respect him as a human being. This is a joke. I can't get a box of coffee and a bottle of shampoo from the grocery store for under $70. And we expect Ukraine to defend democracy worldwide for a measly little $7 billion for a month? I mean, th this is awful what we're doing to these people. Talk about crimes against humanity. We should be taken to The Hague and brought up for criminal prosecution at an international level. We're going to be shipping them water guns and airsoft rifles with this dilapidated effing budget that we have of $7 billion here. It's like we're a third world ass country. It's embarrassing. Which, speaking of which, this embarrassment, $7 billion. I wouldn't piss on $7 billion. There was a fire alarm that went off during the vote or leading up to the vote of this stopgap bill. And it was an accident, obviously, and it was committed by Representative Jamal with two A's, Bowman, who mistakenly triggered this fire alarm when he was scrambling to get to the vote and he thought that it was a door opening left. So he saw the fire alarm and he like, it was like he's in a, a, a film noir movie and he was a spy and he was like, let me show you my secret door in my library. And he pulled this lever, lever, they, they probably, because it's probably a British movie. And then the library opens up and you see the secret door and they go down and they find all the web. He thought it was one of those. And that's how the door opened. Uh, which, that's every, you know, fire alarms aren't real. It should be like birds aren't real. It's a simple mistake that anybody can make. And I don't, I don't blame him for that, but his mistake would have been forgivable if he was rushing to Congress to vote no on forcing Ukraine to get by on just $7 billion for the next month. But that's not what he was voting. He actually released in a statement, he said that he joined his colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep the government open, a bipartisan effort, a bipartisan effort to force Ukraine to survive for the next 30 days on just $7 billion alone. We, we might as well be punching homeless people in the face with this bullshit, if, if you ask me. The most shocking part of this fire alarm story, I'm not going to go into all the super details of it because you've probably heard it, but it's that this guy is still in Congress, right? I mean, he hasn't been removed from his position yet. Is there any other job in the country where you could pull the fire alarm and then claim that you didn't realize it was a fire alarm. You thought that it was a weird door lever, like the film noir guy. Is there any, anywhere else in the country you could do that and not lose your job? No, the answer is no to that question. Everyone loses their job when they do that and then make that excuse, especially when you're a school principal. This guy was a school principal for like 10 years. Everyone I know in high school and middle school who pulled the fire alarm during school didn't matter what their excuse was it could have been there was a fire and they still got in school suspension for a week okay and this guy this guy's a principal and that didn't like uh, he's like oh yeah no i just thought it was a fucking lever for the door he, he this guy still gets a vote on whether or not we keep the government open yet every kid i know not only got in school suspension they were branded the bad kid 
for the rest of middle and high school and it stuck with them the rest of their life. Some of them ended up in prison. I think we need to gather up all of the, the kids who pulled the fire alarm during this guy's tenure as a principal in a school and find out what they told him, what their punishment was, and how it's impacted their life. I think there needs to be a congressional hearing. We need to speak to all of these children who this guy has punished for wrongly pulling a fire alarm at, at the freaking, I mean, give me a break. And, and he gives the dumbest excuse. And this is the thing that really kind of pissed me off uh, about this. This guy is either stupid or like, like he doesn't know how fire alarms and doors work stupid or he's lying. And I think most people believe that he's lying. Like if he's lying, then he thinks so little of his constituents, intelligence, that this is the this is the excuse that he, he couldn't come up with a better lie than this. He couldn't come up with a, a respectable lie that people can satisfy their confirmation bias with. He came up with the dumbest effing lie that people had to bend over backwards to try and believe. It's almost like, oh, they voted for me. They'll believe absolutely anything. I say this is gaslighting in its purest form right here. Like any excuse that he gave would have been better than this. He could have said he was stretching his arm out and the button of his, his, his sport coat got caught on the fire alarm and it pulled it down. Oops, my bad. That would have been a little bit more respectable for the people who voted for him to accept into their uh, twisted reality. He could have said there was a baggie of cocaine that was like stuffed behind the fire alarm and, and he didn't want to leave it there, of course. So, so as he was trying to, to pull it out from behind the fire alarm, you know, it, it bursted and it pulled the, the fire handle and it went everywhere on the ground and he didn't mean to do it, which at least most people in Congress would empathize with that excuse because they're, they'd all be like, nobody likes to snort the floor dander into their nostrils with the cocaine. You know, they just want to get jacked up before a vote, but he didn't do that. He gave the stupid, stupidest excuse ever and he actually put that dumb excuse into an official statement, which I'm going to show you on screen right now. What do you got here? Uh, Rockfin, I'm late. Uh, Cave and Shane, I'm late a sec, ain't it? Well, I mean, I'm early. I don't usually, I don't usually do shows this early. This is a rarity for me. I usually do them later at night. So uh, it's more of me being early than it is you being late, Cave. And I think I had a comment on YouTube as well. Uh, going to Rumble. Lud Bradson's propaganda report. Uh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, don't be a dog's body. <laughs> yeah, don't be a dog's body. Uh, Stella, I just saw you too. No, no, yeah. Thank you. And so let's go through this statement that he made. I just, I don't even know how you're somebody who votes for this guy and you don't put a bag over your head afterwards. I feel embarrassed for them. Like, Oh, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Let's get it up. Here we go. And uh, where is it? Where the F is it, dude? I'm trying to look at the comments on there. Uh, Mike, I see you. I'd rather watch on Rumble because F YouTube. Okay, Mike, I got you. <laughs> thank you for, uh, uh, yeah, thank you for answering my, my request. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, I've said multiple times, but anybody's just tuning in. I'm, I'm doing another technology experiment and I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do all this. So far so good. There's been no tech technical glitches except before I started and hopefully I don't jinx myself there. Um, but now I can't seem to get this thing up on screen. Hold on one second. Uh, all right, here we go. Yeah. So this is Jamal Brown with two with two A's 
This is the official statement he put out. Can you imagine putting an official statement like this out? Here's what it says. It says, I want to personally clear up confusion. Well, the headline is, Congressman Jamal Bowman released the following statement. I want to personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. Today, as I was rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that is usually open for votes. God, don't you hate when you come to a door that's usually open? It's like, holy shit, I've never had to open this door when it was closed. It's just so it can really throw your day. I came to a door that was usually open, but today it would not open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm mistakenly thinking it would open the door. I regret this and sincerely apologize for any confusion. Like I said, he thought it was like one of those secret levers that opens up your, your library in a spy movie. And then he says, but I want to be very clear. This was not me in any way trying to delay any vote. It was the exact opposite. I was trying to urgently get to a vote, which I ultimately did, and joined my colleagues. I love how he brags here. Joined my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. I also met after the vote with the sergeant at arms and the Capitol Police at their request and explained what had happened. Can you imagine that interaction? I, I would love to see a video. Is there a, a police body cam on these sergeant at arms and Capitol Police? Because I would love to see that moment where he tells them, yeah, no, I, th I, I thought the fire alarm I wasn't... A it was a weird door open lever. I'm sorry. Like, I want to see that reaction. I'd like to actually see the reverse to see the reaction by the Capitol Police. And he says he explained what happened and that his hope is that no one will make more of this than what it is. Go fuck yourself, dude. Seriously. Go fuck yourself. Because like I said, you're stupid or you're insulting everyone who voted for you with the most blatant gaslighting history has ever seen. I am working hard every day including today, to do my job, to do it well and to deliver for my constituents, to deliver bullshit to constituents is what you're working to, to deliver to them. What, what an extraordinary, like, this guy would not keep his job if he had any other job in the country. But as a congressman, and because everybody's engaged in bipartisan political warfare, they don't even care how fucking insane the stuff the people they support says, they just automatically say, well, F the other side, I believe everything he says. And the best part about this little gaslighting effort here, which is just like, you know what they're probably doing here, actually, is they're probably taking like a barometer on social media to see which accounts defend this guy and say, no, just, no. What he's saying, take him at his word, you know, and continuing to retweet all the stuff he says so that they can see the people which will believe absolutely anything. And I, I do think that that's part of the psychological operations going on. You continue to push people in society with these ridiculous, moving the, what's it called, the window, the Overton window uh, of what people will accept as reality, changing of the norms uh, of acceptance. And you have a group of people that you can truly harden into an operational, uh, organizational weapon. I don't think there's a large number of people who would buy into this, but there's probably a small, small of them. Like, like seriously, they're, they're trying to find the people who you can tell, like, that you have 17 dicks in your pants. And they'd be like, if only I had 17 holes. 
then you could screw me and all of them. Those are the people they're trying to find with, with, uh, with like ridiculous stories like this. And the best part about it is these people don't even have to know what to tell people because this guy sent out an actual, he sent talking points out. He sent them out to Congress and he, and he sent them out to, I'm sure they shared them around, but this has become the story as well, probably because they're so ridiculous and stupid. And I'm going to share at least a couple of them with you here. Let's see if I can get them up on the screen. If I can't, I'll just tell you what they are. Yeah, he called people a Nazi. Like, like he called, part of his talking points were like, just call Republicans, MAGA Republicans, that uh, uh, are mad about what I said. Just call them, call them Nazis, man. That's what we do, is we call them Nazis, which ultimately... It got those Republicans, it got them uh, two standing ovations from Vladimir Zelensky. So that, that, that's something that they got uh, with, with these accusations here. Here he is. Yeah. All right. So here, here's, here's some of the statements on screen. Let me get them up. All right. So one of the talking points in question says this. Where's, there it is right here. Let's see if you can see that. <laughs> this is so funny to me. I believe Congressman Bowman... When he said, so they sent this out. I believe Congressman Bowman, when he says this was an accident, Republicans need to instead focus their energy on the Nazi members of their party before anything else. I, I love how they, they frame it in a way where the people, like in, in the point of view from the person reading it. So they don't even have to, they just, they just read it and they say, I want to know who repeated this. You know at least like a dozen, two dozen people repeated this before it became a new story that people mocked. I want to know who those people are. Uh, uh, a couple of other statements in, in this thing is, okay, the memo also says, the MAGA Republicans have used this as an opportunity to distract from their attempts to shut down the government and minimize the January 6th insurrection. Right, you know, it's, you know why would they... He obstructed a, an official proceeding, but the MAGA January 6th insurrectionists. And then another point that he said here in his talking point memo was, there are multiple insurrection supporters in Congress and more who supported a coup and support Trump's big lie. That's what they should be focused on. Instead, their focus on Representative Bowman is an attempt to minimize January 6th. Can you imagine being that stupid? where you can just shout off these things about January 6th and people will ignore the, the dumb, I mean, what, he, he could have pissed all over, the, he could have spelled his name pissing on the wall and been like, I thought that was how you opened the door. I tried everything to open the door. I pissed my name and my social security number because I thought that would pop the door open. And now the MAGA Republican Nazis want to focus on that instead of the January 6th insurrectionists. It's, we have gotten to a point where some people would be like, no, no, he thought that's how you opened the door. I mean, I've been pissing on every single door with my name and social to try and open it ever since then because that's how modern technology works is you piss your social. It's just what's bothersome. I feel for the people who they believe will buy this shit because you don't say shit like that. I mean, this is the gaslighting I'm talking about. It's the most lazy gaslighting where they think you're dumb as an effing rock. I mean, he's appealing to the most brain-dead people on the planet. And it's just, I don't know if you guys know anybody like that. I know we see a lot of people like that on social media, but man, oh man. What, 
give me some good excuses, right? Like, get, give me something that's just not like, like, like make it's like okay, I can justify that. They don't even do that anymore. Like they they used to tell us things where it's like okay, I could see where that could possibly be legitimate. Not this. None of this is legitimate at all. It's effing crazy, dude. And you know, I think I'm gonna wrap up the show right there, the DMB show right there with that. Then I'm gonna go on to the DMB XR, and we're gonna go to Rockfin to go through that. If you want to get access to that again, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. You can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report as well. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for putting up with me during these experiments that I've been doing uh, the past couple of shows. I'm trying to figure this technology out. And also, I'm not used to doing live shows necessarily by myself. So I kind of go in to explain this to a friend of mine the other day. Um, I, I used to do improv and stand-up comedy. And in improv, there's an exercise where it's just... All right, you have to talk for like three minutes straight because when you get on stage in improv, is people will get stage fright, and so it's like you get these prompts and you get get these uh, uh, new words or whatever, and you just go. And so I kind of get into that mode when uh, I'm doing this, and I'm I'm going to be working on scaling that back so it's not so super uh, erratic and overwhelming, but. Thank you for uh, bearing with me while I do that. I do appreciate that. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.